Okay, hi, we are The Weather Report coming to you live from Brooklyn. It is Sona, Dave, and Gareth. Welcome you back to another episode The Weather Report, where we ask whether a trend, a technology, a business, or an idea is here to stay and or if it's going to go away quickly. And today we're talking about a broad topic. Some call it plagiarism. Some refer to it as everything is a remix. Some ask the question, what does it mean to be original and what is original anymore? And we're going to talk about a lot of different things about the topic. I think the first question is, is what does it mean today to to have something original and is the internet changing what what it means to have something original of your own yeah and i think one thing too that we look at this topic is more our role as marketers and how marketers come up with their ideas and we were seeing a lot of instances of marketers behaving badly and taking the ideas of other creative people at home spinning them for their own campaigns which clearly took money and that they were paid for and you know larry the really clever coder is is standing out saying, wait, that's my idea, and you just took it and ran with it for a big, massive conglomerate like McDonald's. Right. Not naming any names. No, we can name names. It's public Um, information. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Garrett's like, I'm going to have McDonald's as a client one day, guys. Can't do it. Can't do it. The, the question I wonder about, it, I think when we were younger, it was easier to tell what was plagiarism and what was not. You know, a, a book, you could see the lines that were there, it was written, it was published. There, was, there were just less channels of things to be able to know. When someone called it out, you could sort of say black or white, it was or it wasn't. Now, the lines seem to be blurred because it's so easy to, if you tweak something in a video, if you make a different baseline in a song, we have technology that's... that's you know, decoding papers written by by students. There's a lot of different things to break down what it means to have made something creative or even just publish anything out there. But is the reaction also softening? Plagiarism used to be a really bad word, and I think Mm -hmm. for people, especially even in our industry, that it was the death knell. If you did that, you were immediately fired or you had to rethink what your priorities were. It seems nowadays that there's a fuzzy line between what is something that someone already did or is it close enough but this is our spin in it so that's why it's different right I think so it's funny when you when you talked about that I wrote down what's the punishment I think the punishment is not actually as harsh as it used to be despite this online culture of like shaming and naming all the time in very like large scale ways when people say or tweet the wrong thing nowadays I think about like blurred lines yes all those artists were already famous but they were, I mean, the, the courts have agreed that it was plagiarism, but they still, in terms of their profile, in terms of their other work, they still did really well off of it. I think pharrell has been on a hot streak, despite the fact Certainly. that he was hot when I was in high school. Like, it keeps going. It doesn't, the, the barriers of, the, the punishments are not as, are not that stringent at all. Right. Um, and I think another one that we talked about was Fat Jew. So Fatshu did have a lot of screening this summer once it was announced that he was being signed on by a very large-sized talent agency. And it was more about the fact that he takes other folks' very clever memes and pictures and photos and captions and just posts it on his own. So really, he's getting famous off of the fact that he had great timing, a right big platform at the right time, but also that other people on the internet are just really, really funny and he has just a channel to share that off of. He's got a good eye, he's got a great curator. Yeah. So what makes everyone, the difference between someone who's a plagiarist and who's a DJ? 
mm. and just puts things in the right order at the right time for the right audience and mm. says, this, isn't this great? Good question. Yeah, the go back to a little bit about how we used to create work or, you know, a, not a pure model. You would research a subject almost scholarly, find things, and then address them in your own way, and then create something. Uh, so it used to be a very scholarly pursuit, and then you'd sit and think, even fine artists, you'd go into a studio, they'd be sitting there looking out the window, and that, that would be two days' work for them to come up with something. So the process of that has kind of been diminished, purely because I think we now, contemporary culture is feeds off the memes and the interplay between knowing and not knowing what's going on. So the creation and also the tools of creation are much easier. So uh, if you look at work, it's a lot easier to kind of contextually mimic and ape something in a funny way or add your spin to it mm -hmm. as opposed to going into looking at this piece and going, I have no idea what I'm looking at here. I don't <coughs> know the subtext. I don't know the context. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. So there's a, there's a kind of level that plagiarism has made, made making art easier and easier to understand and I think it's ballooned and mushroomed. Um, so, uh, yes, a fat you, good timing, good curator, kind of like a Pinterest board of, of content, I guess. Mm -hmm. But is it the same as a DJ? I don't know. Are people... The White Girl Rosé is kind of brilliant. Though I'm sure he saw White Girl Rosé as like a concept somewhere else, but he had the means to like make money off of that yeah. thing because I think that thing is hilarious. But that's the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that... That he uh, has the opportunity given his platform. Exactly. So is is that more dangerous than somebody off in the corner of the internet making a copy of something because they don't have a platform. So if they do take some, take some either plagiarize something or grab a meme that looks a lot like somebody else's and have their own little skew on it, if, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see the meme, did it really happen mm -hmm. in that way? It's... But to what you're just saying, if Pharrell's not going to get you know any punishment really for what's happening there, at uh, what level do we as a society care about plagiarism anymore? If if we we used to have respect for the people who, Gareth, like you were saying, like take a look at that white piece of paper staring in front of them and started typing on it or started drawing on it or started sculpting over it, that that meant something. Someone birthed that thing, and because they birthed it, there was a lot of heart and soul that went into it and a lot of respect over protecting what that is. Mm -hmm. Now because we're all creators, we all have tools to make a thing that we see a little bit different, suddenly respecting what that original thing is isn't as important because it's, it's easy to put graffiti on it or to put your own spin on it, put your own words to it. Do we as a society care less about taking someone else's work because it doesn't matter as much? Yeah, and even the act of hat tipping, like HT, really like how much is it really giving credit to that person? I. Well, I think if you, you well, I think all of us actually face this dilemma now, I even mean, just as social media shares and yeah. participate. Do you basically do you tip the hat tipper or do you go down to the source? And oh, I try and track right? down yeah, to yeah. the bottom. So mm -hmm. if I heard it through Dave, who heard it through Sona, who heard it through John, who heard it through Angela, I try and find where it originally came from, even mm -hmm. though via Dave. So I think that attribution is always going to be the tricky thing. Right. And, and that's, that's the biggest thing with digital media. You can't really attribute anything because it's kind of gray, unless it's super obvious, like uh, Ice Ice Baby. Where it's like, uh, is that under pressure? Oh, no, that isn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's one thing, too. I think when we saw, um, you know, people have always been inspired by other people. 
I think that's normal. But before, in terms of our fields, we saw like a very clear line to this is clearly, you know, inspired by XYZ artists or XYZ film. And now that the ideas are coming from the bottom up, it's almost like that respect isn't there anymore. Because we're all creating out of the same pool, you're saying? It used to be we'd have to cite encyclopedias and journals and things, the place where we went to go research or even art museums. I think it's also like just not caring about like the, the quote unquote little guy. Like you, you're more threatened by the possible ramifications of you not like crediting someone that's a big source, right? That's why it's always shocking when you see musicians doing it because it seems so obvious that you can't do that. But now with these like little things like the viral campaign that you know McDonald's had pulled from and apologized for, um, that is way harder. You don't know that person. They're not an institution. They're not an organization. Maybe you don't even have a way to contact them. So that why that's why I think the barrier to lift the idea is just so much more less. Oh, I see. Yeah, sure. I think arguably, in one could pick famous campaigns or ad- advertisements, uh, like Budweiser. Did was that just a stroke of genius, or was it, did those guys hear their roommates or at college going, "Yo, what's up? What's up? Whatever yeah. it is." Uh, as today, you know, if that campaign, the burrito campaign, went became famous, and you go, "Hang on, I did that." Like, let me just st- stir some fire. Mm-hmm. It's very quick. Back in the day, you wouldn't have known where that came from. Yeah, but then in terms mon- mon- monetarily, are you going to benefit from being able to call out? So that's one thing too. Now. It's easy, it's, it's, really it's, 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 it's easy to get attention. It's really attribution. It's easy to get attention if something wrong has happened wants to you. Like, what is, just but wants... is that justice, right? Is that mm-hmm. justice for the person who, like, if McDonald's may apologize to you publicly, are they going to send you some dinero too? That's no, but I think if you walk of, into yeah. the next, you know, job or whatever and say, "I did this," you might know it by McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It just, it's kind of. Oh, you did that? Okay, that's fantastic. We love that. It's, As opposed to not having... And I remember credits. this happened to Humans of New York and DKNY, except it was a DKNY campaign abroad. And it almost sounded like the way it went down was kind of when there was like a young creative who like posted something on a thought board and was like, oh, this type of image and this type of photography and this type of idea will work. And somehow no one ever thought, oh, wait, was this person's... Where did this idea actually come from? And that could have been why it landed up in that campaign. And he very much, akin to his brand, said, well, you know, this happened, so I'm requesting for you to donate to XYZ Charity. Mm. And he had big enough of a platform that he could, in his way, get what he really felt was justice. What I'm saying about like the XYZ little person that Fat Jew made like rip off of, in terms of like an idea or post his gram or whatnot, if that person doesn't have a platform, they're not going to get much. Yeah. It's hard. It, it, it's probably harder now to tell exactly because the, we're seeing more and more photos. We're seeing more and more writing. We're hearing more and more songs. The, the opportunity for crossover or things that sound like something else mm-hmm. that, that maybe aren't plagiarized or aren't, aren't even thoughtfully taken because they saw it somewhere else. It was literally two people had the same idea and just executed it differently can certainly happen in that way and so I think people might be brought to justice for things that really aren't their fault so they're, they're just also doing as well yeah. so I think it cuts both ways so I think we as a society have to be clear about who we're calling out and why for certain reasons right. too and I wonder too at what point where does the copyright lie in terms of I'm putting someone on a screen and interviewing them and getting their story isn't every story now 
about a testimonial of someone talking about something going back to the same core idea. Right. You know, it's clearly in how we, how we execute it. Yeah. It's going to change what the thing is. But there are, we're simplifying these stories in a lot of easy ways that I think are confusing people to say, well, it's just like someone else already did anyway. Oh, and I think our legal courts, too, are completely behind. Like, I wonder if someone was to sue about these things, if it would say, well, actually, Facebook and Instagram owns that photo. You don't own that photo. Like, if that could be a potential decision that we hear in a court, uh, it could certainly happen. It, it, it begs the question, too, that there's this legal side of things, and then there's the public outcry, like mm-hmm. the shaming of, hey, this is my work. I want to get it out there. I've shown some of this. So it's like, regardless of what the legalities are or what you can prove if you can show this is my work I want some credit for it that matters but when you're talking about the burrito case earlier I was wondering is that what you'd want to get quote unquote famous for is that how you want to know I mean is it helpful in an interview sure no I think if you're a comedy a writer yeah. breaking, it can show that you've got some yeah like, alternative thinking yeah like, I'm going to yeah. put a story together I married a burrito whatever right it's just it's, it's, it's kind of funny it's Monty Python-esque it's like it's just yeah, it's also arguable. Like, it's very just current. I appreciate it in the context of engagement photos. I don't know if you guys saw that couple that also got viral for they did this shoot with their dog, and it's like the baby they don't have because everyone's always pressuring them like, "Where's your baby?" So they did this like little shoot with their dog that's kind of the same yeah. poses you take with your child. I think it's great. I mean, it's like a way for someone to push back against like you know social norms. I think it was very clever. But that what you did was very clever. Is, both of those are comments on things that exist yeah it's a comment yeah it's a pushback on bad stock photography so the idea to rip that off that's the creative that's the creative muscle that's mm-hmm. how we create mm-hmm. now we look at things and we spin it mm-hmm. so that's you know like do we try and protect that or do we just go with the flow and and there's a and say this is there's, a, there's, a, there's a group yeah. that says uh, death to copyright or whatever it is it's not as dramatic but the, the, there's no point in having things copyrighted anymore. It's just causing grief on both sides. Mm. If you just get rid of it, then people can just get on and do stuff. Arguably. Yeah, it, it, it starts to be like, where do you draw the line in terms of human capital? That, that artist you were talking about sitting in the room for two days staring out the window, it's, it's no different than Pfizer arguing the, the billion dollars it comes up with for us to do the AIDS drug it's, we're not paying, you know, the first pill costs mm. a billion, the next one costs 10 cents. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying that your idea costs 10 cents, but you're profiting off the, you know, billion of my first idea that I got to. It's just, you know, you're using whatever I paid for, mm. whether I paid for, imagine if it was content for some reason, and it was, I paid for sponsored tweets of my own comedy jokes or something like that, right? Right. I sponsor those, I pay for that, I get those out there in the world, and then you take them and start writing a blog about those tweets or something like that, right? Suddenly, I've paid money to get my thing out there, but it's like maybe your story overtakes mine because you get more juice off of it that way. It's just like you are profiting off of money I've actually, time, time and money I've spent. So it makes me start to believe that it's like there has to be some line drawn so that you can protect investments in That's a way. That's true. But uh, the reason why I brought that up is patent trolls is, is becoming a big thing where people are in, inventing, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. Uh, and pay and you know f- uh, filing patents for stuff that they know they're not going to implement. They just it's not even cover your ass. It's basically to profit. Yeah. To sue someone 
So when that person actually implements it, go, whoa, 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 whoa. I've already got that. Yeah, we, we filed that patent years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no different than people homesteading on internet sites and names and trying to sell those off. And I, I would be curious to hear is how well is that going for people who try to make a business off that? I'm sure some lots of people do, but the question is, is, is it, you know, 10% of the people who have that as an idea or is it, you know, 80%? Right. of how successful can that be as a business. Same thing with the patent stuff. I hope people, some people, are, of course, are always going to profit off the bad stuff, right? Yeah, I think some people are, it's more big corporations. Oh. A financial thing. People sure. People are funding these things. That's troubling to think about. Yeah. That, well, it's good our good R&D is going in that way. <laughs> so let's take a different stab at it. I'm curious about is is this looseness in terms of whatever is a remix in terms of the art world and the creative world so much of what influences their day-to-day lives is that changing how people are growing up or taking it into more professional ways of life you know or the one I was I was still thinking about it's like kids ripping off school papers has always been happening always will but how important is that that we're policing that and stopping it or the same thing is opening that up if we opened up the idea to whatever you're supposed to deliver, quote-unquote, as a paper, you're going to have to change in this world, too, because nothing's original anymore anyway. I, it's a moral dilemma. I think always, like, the this, this scary, quote-unquote, proposition of kids cheating in school is, imagine if your doctor cheated their way through med school. Would you really want them to be your doctor? Um, in terms of anyone... <laughs> what kind of doctor, I guess. <laughs> in terms of, like, anyone on the workforce... Like, the one thing I know as a PR person is, especially when I come on to a new role, it can be really easy for me to, like, lean on the language that's being described. But if I'm, let's say, you know, answering a reporter's question or really needing to, like, create some different type of tone, eventually I have to depart from what was written and said and start putting it into my own words. If you don't have that ability, it's actually really hard for you to advance in your career. Like, it only will take you so far. Yeah. Yeah, have we seen examples of professional plagiarism on, on less of the McDonald's burrito level and more well, of Well, Jonah Lehrer was a really big example, and I think now he's starting his, like, comeback, the neuroscience writer mm-hmm. that... Yeah. Processes neuroscientist. Right, yeah. and it was, like, very... At the same point, he was obviously very smart because he was able to take, like, something that seemed so academic and dense and able to package it in a way... That was, you know, that New York Times business book bestseller. Everyone's type. willing to do because yeah. there's some there's some heat behind that, and so there was the right trying to capitalize on. Right. So obviously he's he's smart and he can understand complex things, but in terms of the writing, it seems that he was just lifting other people's work. Um, and again, it's because he had that platform that was big enough that he could do that and and make money off of it while someone else could not. I think there's, there's that part, too. But I think that shows, again, hope, too, in a lot of ways, that, in essence, you, you if someone's really profiting off of it, sure, they may for a while, but the, the great Internet does find you out, whether you're simply taking burrito shots of your own and you, they get lifted, so you get you get lifted up, or someone will eventually find out that it's not true. Or Steve Renzazzi from... Uh, the league, the actor, mm-hmm. comedian who got found out that he wasn't at the 9-11 oh, right. towers. Like, same sort of thing, right? That it, even if you, whether it's plagiarism or, or originality in your story, if you come up with a, a background story that isn't true and people are searching for truth and the right things, or even if they know it's a story, they're willing to believe the story for whatever reason, yeah. you maybe, maybe they, you will get checked. And I think that's the value to it at some point. So as people who, because I, I find with, with, you know, when you're doing the written word, it's a little bit easier mm. 
to bring someone up and really say, well, you can do that, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, for, for you folks who are more sometimes involved in visual work, like how do you groom young up-and-comers and like, and do we, is it even part of the conversation? Because sometimes I feel like we're just all about like the work product, the finished result. We're we're working on accelerated timelines. Like we don't even have time for this conversation. No, you you teach it. You you have to, and I, I think you teach it pretty early on in in saying that because I think it's an it's a natural. At least when I've taught classes, that people will bring in ideas they've seen before. It's kind of it's like blank brand did this or someone did this when they say that you say great well I've already seen that your, your goal is to come up with something new that we haven't seen before so mm-hmm. it, it's not a way to introduce work it's not a way to tell other people about work because in that way it's not fresh and so mm-hmm. I think that's naturally baked into what we do and then there's a follow-on that says certainly you never you never lift a headline you never take an ad out of a book because there's so many of them I mean we use so many for inspirations I mean and those stories have happened and I know people who have had their ads being used. You know, an ad school wow. teacher used to tell me a story about it, and it's, it was fantastic. A, a kid brought in a, a, a book, a portfolio of ads, to show this guy, and one of his ads was in that book. And so the teacher was great. He used it as a teaching moment, and, you know, obviously it's not too terrible there, obviously, but to get the job, that was what he was trying to do. Right, right. But I think you're right, is that eventually if someone does get found out, even if they still got that job, can they produce and perform in that way? Mm-hmm. And it'll always come back to... It's like good. Finding Forrester. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, but YouTube, if you upload a video, it doesn't take... It used to take maybe 24 hours. Now it takes a couple of hours. If you've got something on there, they flag it. Oh, like yeah. If you have a track, you're out. Yeah. So there's definitely the, the technology uh, kind of can detect uh, stuff that isn't that is licensed or not licensed. Um, what the thing would be difficult is that, so the music companies they have a system to get money back or even like font licenses or images for written words and passage of text. There doesn't seem to be that level of attribution. Right. How you can get rewarded for that, which would be kind of interesting to see. Backs up to probably Google and their we're copying every book down project to know exactly what's happening. Yeah, it's it's easy to say for that track that's in that you know whatever hip hop number it's been remixed. It's got this backing. EMI says it's that amount of money. That's what it costs. If I take words and passages from Dave Hepp's novel unpublished or it's been published on Amazon what like self published (laughs) Amazon Small Books right yeah. uh, how do you retribute? You know, how do I not only attribute you but financially reward you? I don't think those systems are in place. Yeah, and hopefully it makes like what you're saying is that if if YouTube can get there, you've got to believe that the written word eventually can get there. Teachers, mm-hmm. and teachers can find papers that have been written somewhere else. Makes like they definitely. I know the kids. Um, they write the reports, and within two or three like readings, they go, "Okay, everyone's." everyone's looked at Wikipedia because it's the same it's the pattern. same thing so that's kind of interesting but the same way we had a, we had we encyclopedias. three or four yeah. encyclopedias to work from and the, to find research was a pain in the butt yeah that wasn't the same was it Cliff Notes was that the yeah, one there was that Cliff was, Notes, yeah Cliff Notes Cold Notes Spark Notes I think Spark Notes yeah. yeah. and then obviously the encyclopedias Britannica not the US one it was but and then you'd go and scrub away in the library finding arcane stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that practice of finding a couple different sources and always when it wasn't an encyclopedia was always the good one, right? Because it taught you to have to go find a book about the topic 
that someone was already being critical about, someone who you hopefully thought was taught the right way to right. have to put their own spin on it, and that, I think, taught you a way to be critical about art in the same way. So plagiarism so is here to stay, is It's something we're going to be talking about and seeing, and taking seriously or not taking seriously, I think, as time goes on, the, the punishment might not always fit the crime, or yeah. the crime might not always fit the punishment, but we're going to be talking about it and living with it. Okay. Well, this has been another example of the weather report. Quite a good one, if I might say. So we shall be back in another week or two. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, as always, please do continue with your comments on iTunes. We love hearing the shout-outs, and we love getting your ratings. And please do subscribe as well. Thanks, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh.